the JSE's all share index has had a bad year. It's had a bad year in rand terms. It's had a bad year in dollar terms. And any other currency you care to mention, apart from the Venezuelan currency, probably. But anyway, it's been a bad year. And after last night's fall on Wall Street, where the Dow Jones fell almost 800 points, I think that the S&P and the Dow are also down for the year. So asset managers have had a tough time, or most of them have. Here's one that hasn't. His name is Garth McKenzie. His organization is called Traders Corner. And he's here to tell us why and how he has managed to beat the market and beat most other asset managers. Garth, congratulations, first of all. This is a new feature which you haven't been on before. It's on my podcast website called Strictly Business, and it's called the Asset Class. And you have been giving us a class in asset management this year. Tell us briefly what Traders Corner is first. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. It's good to chat to you on your new platform. Thank you. Traders Corner is in a number of forms. It's a TV show, which we run on Business Day TV every week, for one thing. And then it's also a trading advisory business that I run a website and a subscription service. But talking about the, the TV show, which is, I think, what you're mainly interviewing me about, um, it's been running for nine years this year. We started in 2009 after the financial crisis. And the idea is really that I put up my own capital at the start of each year. And I trade on the show every year, showing the basic principles of trading, stop losses, risk management, all the basic stuff that you need to get right. And I actively trade the money on the portfolio and whatever I make at the end of the year, I then donate to charity. So we've had now nine consecutive years of trading success. Um, This year has been a particularly good year in light of what's been a very poor market performance. So um, it's worked out very well. Very good. Now, give us the hard, cold facts now. How much are you up on the JSC in RAND terms and how much are you up with your overseas portfolio? So locally, uh, I was up 27% for the year to date. Correct. Um, and we've closed off at the end of November. So that performance is now locked in. Yeah, so 27% in RAND terms for the year. And then on the offshore portfolio, it's up 11% in US dollars for the year. So if I take all of it together, you know, I started the year with an effective 334,000 rand capital contribution that was made up of 150,000 rand and 15,000 US dollars. And I traded those uh, amounts throughout the year on obviously the local and the offshore market. And what that amount has grown to when we convert it all back to rands now, it's about just shy of 420,000 rand. So net, net, and once you've converted all the Forex back into RANDs, et cetera, we are up about 25% for the year to date on that portfolio in total. Which is hugely impressive given the, I mean, people might say, uh, look back 10 years ago and say, well, the JSC used to do that and we could have just bought the Satrix. But the impressive thing is that if you look at it in RAND terms, the JSC is, goodness, what is it, down about 12, 13%. I've got so many numbers in my head, Garth. It, how much is the JSC down, the All Share Index? Yeah, look, if you take it from the 1st of January, and given this morning's weakness, we are probably down about 13-odd percent for the year to date, give yes. or take. So, yeah, so that means that our performance in the local portfolio is a 40% outperformance of what the market has achieved this year. Yeah, and other people would say, of course, because you're a relatively small fund manager with 250,000, you can do things that the big managers like Coronation, I mean, Coronation came into focus yesterday because their share price was down 2.5% and they've been they've been beaten up a little bit. And I think size does contribute to that. You can do things and you can be more nimble than the big boys. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's why I'm very reluctant to ever compare myself to the big boys, because I think we're completely different. A, I'm not a buy and hold type of investment manager. Um, I'm a trader. And I have the ability to go long. I have the ability to go short. I can sit in cash when I'm not sure. So it gives me a whole lot more flexibility. And the other thing, of course, is that when you're trading with a small amount like I am, I mean, we're talking sort of 300,000 Rand this year, what I was trading with. You know, it's a very small amount. You you look at the big boys like the Coronations who manage, you know, upwards of 500 billion Rand. I Mm. mean, it's just three worlds apart. And that's why I'm very, very reluctant to ever compare myself against those big players. I consider myself to be a small retail but professional trader, um, trading with a small amount of capital and really just trying to prove that one can trade the market successfully. You can trade your own capital successfully if you apply some very basic principles and you apply them with discipline and consistency. And we've shown that for nine years that you can do that. And, and, And certainly you can beat the big asset managers and you can beat the market if you if you know what you're doing yes you have to be disciplined i want to hear what your successes and your failures your few failures have been this year and what you've learned from it and also obviously the most important thing is where you have made your money but before we do that i don't want to take away from your subscription trading advice part of your business well just give us a few tips now just a couple of tips as to how you manage to beat the market is it all to do with self-discipline yeah it's very much around self-discipline and it's very much around risk management now, every time I put on a trade, I know what the possible outcomes are going to be. I'm, I know always that one of the possible outcomes is that I might lose a bit of money on a trade. And I need to accept that up front and I need to be willing to, to accept the amount of money that I could potentially lose on any individual trade. So my rule is that I never, ever seek to lose more than 2% of my capital on an individual trade. And I'm very, very strict about that. And I think that really is the secret to the success of the show. So I've had a couple of losing trades throughout the year, but on none of them have I lost more than 2% of my total trading capital. And the thing about that is that, you know, you, you keep your losses very small, which is important. And then it also allows you to maintain confidence and maintain a healthy capital base so that you can then look for the winning trades and then ultimately try and run your winning trades so that you end up with more winners than losers and you want to make more on your winning trades than what you lose on your losing trades. And that is really the secret to it. It's honestly not complicated. It's not, and I don't consider myself to have any sort of superior intelligence or market insight to anybody else. I think largely it's just the process that's very, very well followed uh, with a lot of discipline. And it's shown to work. What happens, though, if, for example, there's a particular property company that is the subject of a report and the next day the JSE is closed at five o'clock and the next day at nine o'clock it opens and the share price falls 10 percent, then your two percent rule goes out the window? Or do you also take that sort of eventuality into account? In other words, the market might gap lower than you want it to and therefore you might lose more. So you have a, a hedge against it. I'm being very sort of convoluted in my question, but you see what I mean? Yeah, and I understand what you mean. Look, in the unfortunate incident that something like that happens, and it's happened a few times this year in our market where we've seen big overnight gaps on stocks, my response is that provided you've only sort of set your position size such that you can lose 2% if things go wrong and it moves past your stop loss, in a case like that, it gaps through your stop loss level, it's very possible that you will end up losing more than the 2% of capital that you placed on risk. But you know, it doesn't become a catastrophic loss. That's the point. You can still 
trade your way back to profitability from a situation like that. Where traders get themselves into trouble is when they allow their losses to become you know, unmanageably large, talking 20, 30, 40% of capital that gets depleted. Mm. It's very difficult to come back from a situation like that. But you know, if I set out to lose 2% and, I, and, and by some sort of overnight gap, I end up losing 5 or 6% of my capital, it's still not catastrophic. You, you know, if you lose 5% of your capital, you've still got 95% of it left, which is a healthy chunk that you can then continue to trade your way back from. So, you know, e- even with those big overnight gaps and things that can happen from time to time, um, it's, if your risk management is, is correct and your position sizing is done properly, um, the loss still shouldn't be catastrophic. I was reading this morning on Twitter that something like 50% or just over 50% of JSE stocks are down another percentage, which has briefly escaped me. But it's been a really, really, really bad year. And it's not just been the grinding lower every single month sort of year. There's also been a, a litter of corporate disasters as well. Has it been difficult to navigate those? Yeah, it has been. I mean, look, I, as much as I say I've had a good year on our Traders Corner portfolio this year, I have found this year to be the most challenging and the most difficult year of my career, which now spans nearly 20 years. Um, it's been an exceptionally difficult year on the market. And I think there's just a hell of a lot of fatigue out there amongst asset managers and traders in general. The, the reason for that, I think, is we've had effectively four years on the JSE where we've had basically no growth now. Mm. Um, we had three very sideways, uninteresting years. And then this year, 2018, as you said, has been littered with disaster stories. Um, you know, previously, blue chip stocks, which you could have hung your hat on, have really disappointed. We're talking things like Aspen, Pharmacare, and MTN, and Mediclinic, and, and Woolworths. I mean, I can rattle a whole long list of these names off to you. Mm. It's been an absolutely terrible year. So after three you know, r- relatively difficult years, to now have 2018 where the market is down sharply for the year. And in amongst that, you've had some proper disaster stories. It's made for a very, very ugly year and a very difficult year. And I think certainly a year that many in the market would would hope to never have to experience again. It's really been a difficult year. You're not a buy and hold sort of investor. You've made that very clear. What have been your most pleasing trades of this year, given the carnage that has surrounded you? Yeah, so... I've had, look, I can identify three trades on the local portfolio that really did contribute in a big way to our performance this year. Um, the one was a recent long trade in Sabania Stillwater, which worked out very nicely. That's a nice volatile stock and it, it trades a lot of volume. So there's plenty of good trading opportunities to be had in that stock. And I managed to catch um, a, a 20% move up in that stock, which was which was pretty good. Um, and then I also traded a pairs trade between Pioneer Foods and Zeda where I went long of Pioneer Foods and short of Zeta. Yeah. And obviously those two companies have a cross-shareholding and they have a relationship. And every now and again, you'll find that the, the uh, trading activity of the two stocks moves out of line and then you generally get a normalization. So those opportunities, when they do come along, are quite nice to trade. Um, and, I, and I did well out of that. I, I made um, a good return on, on a pairs trade there. And then the last one was something interesting, which I did in the first quarter of the year. It was an option structure um, a put spread structure. So these options are, are, are fairly complex, but I typically do them most quarters to try and have a bit of downside protection if the market falls. Yeah. And and as you know, the first quarter of this year was a very weak one. We saw a big sell-off into 
January and February and, and, and March was still fairly weak. And one of those uh, put spread structures on the top 40 future paid off quite nicely for me. And that was a, a, a big kicker to start the year, which got me off on a positive footing. So those were three trades that really stood out. And then in amongst that, I've had a number of other smaller trades which have contributed um, smaller amounts. You know, we're talking 2 or 3% addition to the capital base. But if you can string enough of those together, they add up quite nicely. Um, in total this year, I completed 31 trades for the portfolio. Yeah. And of those, 19 trades were winners, uh, 10 were uh, losers, and one was a break-even trade. So, you know, two out of three trades were winners, essentially, which is good. And of the one out of three trades that were losers, uh, the losses were kept very small. So that really helped to to bolster the performance this year. It's a fantastic system. And obviously, there are circumstances that dictate that you can do better than the big traders. But I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are envious of your performance and of your discipline. Which charity is going to benefit from your skill, Garth? I'm involved with an education trust, which I set up um, last year, and it, it pays for bursaries for a couple of children uh, at a school nearby where I stay. And uh, I'm going to donate the money to that charity. I've, I've now donated to that charity two years in a row. So I continue to support them, and I think there's good work going on there, So uh, and it's keeping it close to home. So that's where the money will be going this year. You're going into year 10, 2019. You hopeful you can make it 10 in a row? I'm certainly hopeful. I, th- I think the system is shown to work. So I'm comfortable that uh, that, that my, my philosophy and my approach to the market is right. Um, you know, I obviously just hope that the market dishes up sufficient opportunities, which I'm sure it will. Um, and the key is going to, once again, just be sticking to the discipline, making sure the losing trades are always kept small and trying to maximize the winners wherever I can find them. So I- I'm excited for next year, for the 10th year of the show. Um, I do think it's going to be a challenging year. I think that 2019 is likely to dish up quite a bit of volatility. The risks on the global horizon continue to mount up. And I, I do get the sense we're in the sort of mature stages of this bull market and possibly even entering into a bear market from next year. So it's going to be a, an interesting environment to try and navigate but uh, i'm quite excited for next year yes very good garth many congratulations on yet another winning year that's garth mckenzie from traderscorner.co.za is that the best way for people to follow your work and perhaps get in touch with you via that website garth yes traderscorner.co.za is where you'll find me and there's a contact facility there if anyone wants to get in touch garth thanks for your time and have a great year end that's garth mckenzie from traders corner